for you and as well as whoever's listening to podcasts, it is one of the benefits of podcasting, especially when you interview someone. I can't say enough because you're learning from people in the business or the category that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, I connect entrepreneurs and successful people with, with everyone in the world. And just, you know, because why I do it is part of it is you and I cannot literally read everybody's book, listen to everybody's podcast, watch everybody's seminar, take everybody's classes, go to everybody's lectures in our field of category. It's impossible. So you and I, we curate and we bring people that we think are really good to bring to our audience to help give them and give them that knowledge that they need. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money i've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early i've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy entrepreneurship and a successful mindset Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Tony Dursa here today, and a, it is an exciting guest to have. Tony has his own podcast. His show has had over 14 million listeners. The Tony Dursa Show is the number one show in, in on Voice America Network. Tony's shows are syndicated on Roku, Amazon, Alexa, and 14 different AM, FM, US radio stations. He's also a fellow Amazon bestseller with Elite Entrepreneurs. And Tony's helped millions of entrepreneurs learn from the success of others. And one of his main things is putting people together to, uh, to further their success. And so with that, thank you for coming on Money Talkers with me, Tony. Cody, thank you so much for having me on Money Talkers. It's my honor. And I probably won't talk very much about money because I don't like to talk about money anymore, but we'll get into that and why. But, hey, listen, uh, uh, I think you're going to learn. Well, go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm what I, I think there's going to be some things to learn here that is different because, you know, the way I look at things is this world, the money talkers, <clears throat> it's like a diamond. And when you shine and polish this facet, it, it glows. And the more you do it to all the little facets, that's the, the flat surface of the diamond, it glows. And I, I like talking about different facets of that diamond that usually aren't talked about. Well, I'm excited to learn more because I... Um... The naming of the show to get into money talkers is a little bit, uh, I don't know, not accurate, I guess, that I believe that the pursuit of just the money won't bring it to you. You know, it's the pursuit of the other pieces and the passion side of things and the, and the ability to find and solve problems will be there. But I also want to make sure that we were not making this a taboo subject in the household any longer. And so um, when you mentioned that you'd like to talk about the different facets of a diamond, um, where, where do you start? What, what interests you most? What interests me most is, let me, let me weave that a little bit into my story so it makes some sense. <clears throat> and 
my the reason I said that comment, I don't like talking about money is because the prevailing atmosphere, which is huge, which is the majority atmosphere, is just really just make money any way you can. And and it's a whole paradigm in, in a way. It's a whole it's a whole world. And I kind of go against that in what I talk and I'll explain. I was actually, uh, by the way, I'm Italian. I, I was born in Italy, but I grew up in Chicago. And though sometimes my Chicago comes out and my mom had six kids. So she took care of the family. My dad worked. He was one of those that actually worked in a factory. He worked in a factory all his life. And so you would say we were kind of, we were immigrants and we kind of were poor. And what I did and what my brothers did was when we were of age, which is five years old, today it's like child slavery, right? But at five years old, I went out, hit the streets, and I was a paper out boy, and I delivered papers. And if you've ever been in Chicago, I encourage you to go hang out at Lake, at Lake Michigan. Lakeshore Drive is the, the highway or the freeway that runs along the lake. <clears throat> and hang out there every day in four, five, six o'clock in the morning, during winter, during the storms, because I was delivering my paper seven days a week. And, and <clears throat> when, uh, when I would get paid, which was like weekly, I guess you would say I was an entrepreneur then, I'd get paid weekly and I'd give $1.22 or $2.12 or whatever it was to my parents to help pay for us. And I did that for 10 years throughout different parts of Chicago. At some point, at, at the height of my paper route entrepreneurship, I had four routes together, but that was because I finally had enough money to get a bicycle. And so because I had a bicycle, I could do four routes together and deliver papers. And I did that for 10 years. And what that taught me is very, is a very unusual word that's almost kind of taboo. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you a similar story to help bring this together with some understanding. <clears throat> There's another person I know who had a child and that, that person, the adult, he had a similar rough background as I, very poor, and he became a doctor and he married a doctor. And he said, I'm never gonna have my kid do that sort of stuff, it's wrong or whatever. And every week that kid had a party, every week that kid got presents. Well, that child was probably the most destructive person I know. He had no regard for anyone's personal property, would literally go on the streets just to damage cars for fun and kept and, and as an adult kept going to prison. And I think has been locked up for a long time because the person has had three strikes now. What's the difference with these stories? Well, the whole difference is that I really appreciated the fact that I had that, that dollar or whatever and that I contributed. And I understand to this day, the value of a dollar. And it's something you, that the, school, the prevailing schools of thought will not teach you and the, they may cast it off and they go over somebody's head, but I know what that's like. And I worked all my adult life at nine. I did that till I was 14. Then I went in fast food for five years. Then I was in corporate America for 32 years. And then I, then I went back to being an entrepreneur. Now, if you count my paper out job world, I would say I was an entrepreneur for probably 29 years. So almost 50-50. And I've learned a lot of things, but 
the more I appreciate money, the more I appreciate not money, but what that I've made it, not that that I have it. It just changes things. And we talked about this off here about the journey that I'm on. And and that's part of it. It's like we talked about being on a road and traveling and not not even knowing where the road ends up. And I'm at the point where I see this giant, beautiful mountain in this whole new world, but it's only because I've been through this journey for so long. And those are some of the things I've learned a lot. It may not have answered your question, but I wanted to kind of give you the, the understanding of where I've been so that you can better appreciate my answers and what I'm saying, because I, I, respect, I respect money. I respect money and what it can do because I understand it takes a lot of work sometimes or a lot of smarts, you could say it the same way, to earn. And it's not something, you know, to necessarily let your cigars with. I, would, I don't know that I would ever do that. Yeah, the little paper boy inside of you would kick your butt. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. <clears throat> you know, and that's, a, uh, that's an important point. So, um, you know, we mentioned a little bit off of uh, air when you were talking about that, you, you know, are seeing the world in different lights these days. And uh, I mentioned to you that one of my favorite things in the world, uh, one of my favorite words in the world is paradigms. Um, and it's the way you see the world, not necessarily the way the world is. It works the same with, you know, in our appreciation for what we have, you know, and I try to, it's a, it's an odd spot for me with my kids where you're trying to instill appreciation while giving them the things that, you know, you want them to, do you want to be able to give them as a parent? And so, um, I'm curious what your thought process is on that, um, being the fact that you've had that conversation kind of in your in your own head with yourself on, you know, the dynamics between the kid who was kind of handed everything possible and appreciated nothing as the one who had to work through nine, 10 years of, you know, rain, sleet and snow on that appreciation of dollars and where y'all have end up at, at the end. I'm curious on your thought process of like how to balance that piece, right? Um, He's like you mentioned, it's like, not like I can put my seven-year-old out to, out to work these days, you know, but those conversations that you, you would recommend having. I, first, just so it's very clear, so I'm not a hypocrite on that. I don't have a child. My wife and I, we've decided not to have children, but we have a very big dog. He's an Akita and he's our baby. And <laughs> we, we, we love dogs. It's a very fine question that you ask there's a balance to it because you want to give everything and i will say that you know i myself had a relationship where i gave everything to to my uh my relationship and it just it just never really worked out because that person again just like the story i told you always had everything and what i would do with the child is very simple to instruct the, the is that they need to appreciate money and they need to do something and create an effort for that money. It can be using their, you know, their intelligence. Maybe they know how to code something, or maybe they learn something on the computer, but it's not something that they would be given money for something that they should normally do. Make your bed, do your homework, clean up after yourself. These are not items that should be necessarily rewarded and i'm i don't have a, a child so i can't say but acknowledge you know you did a great job this is good i appreciate that but get the person to go out just a little bit more and do something do it work on a project build 
build a cart, build some furniture, build something, and then receive money for that. And that person will equate, I did this with my hands or my mind or the brain or on the computer, and I received something for it. And that, and that, that person will need to know this because when that person becomes a teenager and a young adult, it's a shock because the world out there does not just give you money. I know people who go to work and think people should throw a party that they made it on time. It doesn't happen in the real world. People don't say, oh, you made it. Yay, you made it on time. Woo-hoo. It doesn't happen. No one cares that they care that you they care if you're late, but not that you're on time. So you need to understand because because while you're that dad, while you're that mom, you want to of course, naturally give everything to your child. But you would be doing your child a disservice if you gave everything to the child and didn't help prepare the child for being an adult. And that is one of the focuses, I believe, of a parent that I would have with the child. If I had a child, there would always be this, I want the child to be self-sustaining. I want the child to be self-sustaining. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Take care of herself or himself. I know a parent, friends of mine. Uh, their daughter is 20s. The daughter will be in bed at night and will text the mom, bring me some water. Things like that. I, I mean, I know so many stories of people, kids, uh, you want to call them kids, young adults, that have this in- mentality that things should just be given to them. And it's because of how they were brought up. So yes, while you're giving everything to the child, remember the story that I've just said that when the child gets everything the child wants, the child wants more. And that's something that's going to happen. You always want more. You know that from doing your business, you know, no matter how much money you're making, Cody, you always wanted more and the child's going to want that. So if you give everything you can to the child, you're setting the child up for a loss and failure in his or her adult life. Yeah, that's a very comprehensive answer. And, uh, you know, it's been the approach that we've taken. Um, you know, you celebrate, you celebrate some, you, you earn some, you know, those kinds of things, and you have conversations about it along the way. And that's really where I have tried to direct from my ideas with this podcast is that to have people be able to have the conversations about these things, right? I've talked to so many adults that said, yeah, my parents never talked to me about money, you know? They never, we never talked about entrepreneurship. You know, we never talked about, you know, having a successful mindset or those kinds of things. And I'm like, well, when did you learn that stuff? And they're like later in life on my own, after I bumped my head a bunch of times, I'm like, okay, have you talked to your kids about money? And I usually get the, well, and I'm like, that's a no, <laughs> you know, like, why not? Because we're going to be doomed to, to express these same things. And so I, uh, I know that you brought up the fact of like kind of showing up for the job on time, right? I want to dig in because I want to take advantage of having this conversation with you and the people that you have interviewed and on these massive interviews you've done. Um, <clears throat> you get even less credit for that as an entrepreneur, right? Because it really doesn't matter if you show up on time or show up late, except for the books at the end of the month and see if you have enough month for the rest of your money. Uh, and, and so I'm wondering... You know, like I know, like you interviewed like Dr. Don uh, Demartini, which is I think is a really brilliant guy, um, and some others, and you've had this massive show and success from it. What do you? So, what are some of the takeaways that you've been able to glean when you're sitting in my seat and you get to ask the questions of guys like that? 
I think we're going to do a series on this because there's so much I can tell you. It didn't start off. I, I didn't, you know, fall off a log or fall out of bed, whatever the phrase is. I worked hard to get these guests on my show. And in terms of getting on the guests, you start off wherever you are and you appreciate that guest that you have. And as the show grows, you get more, uh, I don't want to say the word higher, but more known about more well-known guests. You know, I've interviewed Wesley Snipes and Kevin Harrington Shark Tank and Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels fame and et cetera, et cetera. And John Martini of The Secret. And it's by growing, then you, you wind up having these relationships and being able to, 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 to get these sort of guests, as you will, on the show. And I think the, your question is, what would, what would I ask them or where would I go with it? And it's, I think it really kind of boils down to appreciating and, and, and starting with wherever you are and just growing. And you're going to ask in terms of getting on guests, if there's a podcaster listening, you're going to ask guests and some will say yes, and some may say no. But as you grow your show, you know, I, I am very pleased that I have, get guests like Michael E. Gerber. He's coming on my show in two weeks. It's just once you once you get to that point, the, 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 the more well-known guest, Wesley Snipes, I've had him on my show. They, they'll say yes. And, and that's like really, really cool. But it's not that anybody owes it to you. It's, it's, it, it, it really keeps going down. I know I've said this word and I, and I don't usually say this word a lot, but it just boils down to really appreciating that guest and, and, and learning from that guest. And I'm not really certain that I've answered your question fully, but we could go on this topic for a very long time. Perhaps you'd like to comment on that so far. Yeah. So I guess um, one of the questions I would ask is that, have you seen patterns from the people that you've interviewed at those levels? Like, as I understand, absolutely. you know, when I've gotten, when I started, I was reaching out all over the place to find guests and have people come in at this point now, you know, I'm, I'm turning away more people than I'm accepting at this point, you know, and I understand the growth side of that because you have to build a platform because you need to have some credibility. And when you're going into these more well-known I, I too hesitate to say higher quality guests. I would say higher uh, notoriety guests because I have learned some amazing things from some just you know young entrepreneurs, some older entrepreneurs that you'd never heard of, but they've got great insight. And so I'm curious is that as you've seen the people that have come on from these bigger platforms, have you seen similarities um, and patterns with them and their thinking? Absolutely, 100%. I will tell you right now, in nearly six years of interviewing 500, 600 people, whatever the amount is, I'm close, I'm running around almost 17 million downloads at the time of this recording. And I will tell you very clearly in all the people I've interviewed, every single person minus one, maybe minus two, every single person had challenges, had diversity, was were not handed anything. They had to go out, they had to fight. I interviewed somebody who was on the streets, homeless, no work, no job, and became a millionaire. You know, people that had adversity, you know, I, I mean, just my mind just kind of explodes with fireworks at the finale of all the stories from all the guests, but that distillation, the essence is they, 
they they had this adversity, they had some big trauma, they had trouble, they had physical health, they had the business collapse, they had something that went really wrong. But they did something amazing. They did not lay down and stop because you only fail when you lay down and you stop. They didn't. They got up and they said, mm, let me go figure this out. How do I do this? How do I do that? And they turned it around and became, you know, became huge, became something that you've heard about. They've, you know, they have some notoriety. They have a good bio, however you want to look at it. But every single one of them only got what they got, only achieved what they achieved because they went after it and they refused to fail. You know, as a podcast host, uh, I think I'm getting close to 200 now interviews at this point. And uh, I would tell you, it's energizing to hear those conversations, you know, and especially the bigger, the, the bigger, the fail, the bigger, the win back is just, it's, it's, it's inspiring. You know, um, it almost feels hypocritical in my own days when I want to not do something and I'm like, nope, no, 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 no. You know, like you got to keep pushing on and you got to keep pushing through from these guys because like you said, I don't think I, I can't even, I don't even have one that I could say had a straight path to success, you know, that it's been, it's ups, it's downs, it's struggles. And the lessons they've learned, it's actually a conversation I have with my nine-year-old daughter, like literally uh, on Friday of last week where we were talking about this. And I was, I said, you know, she said, you know, she was all upset about this, you know, testing that happened. And, uh, and I said, right, I said, this is not a measurement of your smartness. Like, this is a measurement of what you knew at the time, the second you took this test, and whether you got those answers right or wrong, it doesn't measure smart or successful or anything else. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, do you think I'm successful? She was like, yeah, you're, you're great at business. And I go, do you know how many businesses I've had that failed? <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, Riley, there was a time in my life where I just wished to be broke. Like I was that bad off. Like, but you don't see that. You see the end result, you know, on the end of these things where like you've been around for it. I'm like, you can't ever let something define you, you know? And you can't let those things that the mistakes that you made, you know, I told her, I said, Riley, I said, do you feel, you know, were you happy about this? And she said, no, you know, and my daughter's got the entrepreneur bug inside of her. It's, it's very apparent. And she's like, no. And I go, well, what are you going to learn from it? You know, and I said, because my kids will almost repeat what you said a few minutes ago, which is, you know, you either succeed or you learn something. The only time you fail is when you quit you know, and when you give up and she said, uh, she said, well, you know, I guess I could do this. I guess I could do that. And I said, great. I said, failure is a much better teacher than success. You know, and I've been fortunate. Well, we want some to... success now and then. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't want all failures, but that's, uh, but I, for me, it's a 100%. Like I feel it cause it hurts. I said, it's, you, the painful part drives you to do, to get away from it. You know, I said, when you do something and you expect to do it right and it goes right, I said, do you learn anything? She was like, no. And I was like, when you, you expect to do something right and it fails miserably, like, do you learn anything? She's like, yeah, I know how not to do it. And I'm like, there you go. Sometimes that's twice as, <laughs> twice as valuable. And so, um, but I, I was just curious. I wanted to ask that question on what you see from these kind of level people, because does it, have you felt like it's kind of um, by default helped you to level up to take this you know, show where you've taken it now to like you just mentioned 17 million downloads, which by the way is an amazing accomplishment. But are you, do you catch some of that from like osmosis with them or what's the driver with you? 
for for you and as well as whoever's listening to podcasts, it is one of the benefits of podcasting, especially when you interview someone. I can't say enough because you're learning from people in the business or the category that you like. You know, I connect entrepreneurs and successful people with with everyone in the world. And just, you know, because why I do it is part of it is you and I cannot literally read everybody's book, listen to everybody's podcast, watch everybody's seminar, take everybody's classes, go to everybody's lectures in our field of category. It's impossible. So you and I, we curate and we bring people that we think are really good to bring to our audience to help give them and give them that knowledge that they need to like the diamond story I was mentioning. I forget if it was on air or off air, but they, they can improve their life a little bit. And when I interview these people, it's in the category I like. And I interview with, a, with curiosity, with a curious mind. I want to know about this and that. I want to know from the point of view of even how to improve my own business. So I'll ask questions because I don't know everything the person knows. I haven't read and studied everything they have. So I'm, bring, I'm pulling that information out because I'm interested. And as I'm interested, my audience is interested. So that uh, I find that very, very helpful. I hope that answers that question. It does. And I think I told you that before we started that I, uh, I found out over time by doing this, that the, uh, the podcast has really turned out to be for my own curiosity uh, and, and, and kind of uh, excitement to get the energy off the people that I get. And so um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I have a question for you. Have you asked, because uh, I've had it come up in my conversations. Have you had any recurring books that have showed up in the conversations that you've had? Do you ask anybody about what they, what they're, if they've had an aha moment on a book or anything like that? Aside from the books that I talk about, which is separate, because there's some books I talk about a lot. I would say one 90, 90 something percent of the time at the end of my interview, if I have a few minutes, I always ask if the person has any resources or anything that they can share to help our entrepreneur audience. And we get books, we get, we get applications, we get websites and things like that. But in terms of books, the, the common perennial favorite is always the Think and Grow Rich, the uh, Stephen R. Covey's uh, Four Day Work Week. Um, there are various there are various uh, authors that are brought up over and over and over, and then there's some authors that are brought up just maybe one time. You you know, but um, but I always try to get that out of my guess at the very end is like because we want to learn from them, mm -hmm. and there are some books that I talk about. Sometimes I talk about my journey and and key books that have impacted my life or have changed that I hope uh, people will do the same for others. What, what are some of those books? Well, what changed things for me, and I'll kind of give you my, my bio here a little bit, is in the year 2007, I had the opportunity to, to uh, run and have my own lead generation company. I was doing it for a, a company that I helped form, but when you're, when you're an employee, even though I'm making comfortable six digits, you're still capped on your income. And in 2007, I had this opportunity to, to, to run my own company, which I did. And I did that for seven years. And, but I couldn't control everything because federal regulations regularly in four, four times in seven years 
changed how we impacted uh, how we did marketing. And it just changed my business four, four times in seven years. We were brought down to our knees and I got really tired of it. In fact, I walk into my office on a Monday to give you an example. And one of my clients, I'm doing a million dollars a year in sales on. I had multiple clients. They canceled. Why? Well, another federal regulation came in and they could no longer accept marketing the way that uh, it was being given and they had to retool. So I, I look for something I can control myself. And this will answer your question in just a moment. I look for something I could control. And I kept hearing this word, Cody, called podcast. And I'm like, what's this? And then when I found out, I was like, hey, I'm Italian. I can talk. I can do this. So I started podcasting. But it was like, okay, where do I go from here? And somebody gave me a book called Beach Money by Jordan Adler. And I talk about that book 100,000 times. It is such a great book. In chapter two or three, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, spoiler alert, tell you chapter two or three, what he said, what he did is he had really no house. He had no girlfriend. He had no job. He was a failure, total failure. And he didn't really know what to do. So he went on to the park with pen and paper and he started writing down his vision. What did he see himself doing in the future? And I've expanded on that. And I'm not even sure what he said anymore and what I say, but the way I say it is you, you, you go into the future, you turn around, you look back and you go, what have I been doing? What do I see myself doing? Like a movie, like this is your time to create your own movie. Well, Tony's doing this, Tony's doing that, Tony's doing this. It's what you're doing, your activity. And then, well, and I'm going to leave that at that. And I'm going to come back to that in one second. So Jordan Adler wrote a whole afternoon what he saw himself doing in the future. Once in a while, he would look at it and he forgot all about it. And then one day, I'm not even sure when, a couple years later, Cody, he's moving. And he sees that piece of paper. And Jordan Adler starts reading it. And he sits down and gets down on the ground and he starts crying. Do you know why he was crying? He was crying because he was moving into his brand new house. He had the girl of his dreams. He had the job of his dreams. And at that time, Jordan Adler was making $100,000 a month. He had everything that he had put on that paper. He had created his vision. And I wrote a book called The Vision Map, which is now getting uh, retitled. It was an ebook called Creating Your Vision. And I take that vision and ex expanded its meaning and definition. And underneath, I work out, well, the purpose. Why? My book is not yet out on Amazon, and it's coming out. And by the way, uh, we've got some uh, notables writing, uh, writing some uh, information about it. But I, I, nothing I can say yet, but it's going to be pretty cool. It's called Creating Your Vision. Hopefully a couple months, not even a couple months will be out. So you got the vision. Think of an upside down pyramid. You got the vision, which is this one broad thing. And then I worked out, I've been to school, college, university, read books, took, I've taken so many classes. I've learned so much. So I've distilled what I've learned. And the next thing underneath that vision, which is purpose, why are you doing it? Who are you being? Why are you doing this? So you're going around, you're you're podcasting, you're creating classes, you're writing books. Why? Who are you? You know, so you have to write your, who are you being? That's B as in boy. Who are you being? Why are you, what's your reason? You know, and then underneath that is the long-term objective. Now I say long-term objective because 
if I said goal, Cody, well, we have people teaching goal one day, one week, one hour, three weeks, one month, six months, three months, one year. In fact, go back 30 years ago, Cody, back then they had 15, 20 year strategies. The world's changed. You can be, you can literally, and people literally do become a millionaire in less than 24 hours. This whole thing of years and years to achieve a goal. It's just so changed. So I call it a long-term strategy, a year or two years. And I accomplished mine in just a few short years with, with my, with my podcasting. And I bring that up because that's such a big book, the, the beach money, Jordan Eller. It made such an impression on me that, you know, I have to give you the, uh, the expanded unabridged answer, you know, because it is just that powerful when, when you know, when you, when you get some knowledge, you know, really ponder it, you know, your shows, I've listened to your shows. There's people with some really great information and it can just go right over your head. You're driving, you're, you're mowing the lawn, you're exercising, you're working out, you're building something. Does that hard one experience penetrate into your brain? I'm being silly. You know, does it penetrate into your brain? So you can think with it and use it because here's somebody that lived it and is now sharing it just like I lived these things and I'm sharing it. And instead of just going over the head, really take time, listen to it again, ponder it and use and pull that information out because uh, on your show, as well as on mine, people pouring their hearts out and giving great information. And here and there, we're going to talk about, they talk about all sorts of books, but that beach money, that book, I talk about it so many times. I must have, I must have, people hear it so many times, but it's just, it's no, changed you can hear my the, life. You can hear the passion in your voice. You had a paradigm shift. You saw the world different after reading that and, and absorbing it. And that's, you know, I, it's one of the reasons for me why it's so important to continually feed my brain with good things like that, you know, is that <laughs> I had a, uh, I, I had an experience where I was on a sales team. And I was the best salesperson on the sales team. I had just gotten there. I was the newest one. And I wasn't very humble about it. I would say this is in my late 20s. And uh, sales manager said, hey, man, you, you're just not a very good salesman. And I was like, I'm not a good salesman. <laughs> like, what you, I'm like, I'm the best salesman you got. Like, what are you talking about? There's 12 of us. And I'm smashing everybody. And he's like, you're not good at sales. And I said, he goes, do you read sales books? And I was like, no. I was like, I don't read sales books. He goes, why? I go, he he said, they're all like the same stuff, like over and over again, you know, like, I don't know. He goes, you don't get one thing out of an entire book. I was like, yeah, he goes, you get 1% better at it. And I go, yeah. He goes, what if you read 10 a year? I go, I don't know, 10% better. Like, that seems like a lot of work for that. And he goes, in 10 years, you'd be hundred percent better than you are now. He goes, so you need to continually feel your brain and think long-term because what you start to put in your brain, your brain's going to regurgitate back out into the world. So feed good stuff, get good stuff feed bad stuff, get bad stuff. And I have noticed with the people that I interviewed that have had success, when the bad stuff comes in, they're fast to forget about it. When the good stuff comes in, they focus on the appreciation of it and then move forward. And I'm wondering if you've kind of seen some of those similar traits that, you know, that they've, they've had the ability to move past the things that knock them down. And I don't mean just completely forget about it, but either use it as fuel, use it as a learning lesson or, you know, let it crush them, you know? Well, 
fortunately, the people I've interviewed and the, 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 the class of people I interview are, are successful, uh, many well known for their success. And they always teach about persevering or finding a way around it, whatever that adversity is, whatever that problem is, whatever that issue is. You know, it's, it's sometimes, well, not sometimes, it's always you first got to say, hey, enough is enough, or that's just not going to happen. Or, you know, you, you, you've got to put your foot down when you realize it's gone too far too long or, or you, you failed or are failing and you've just really got to give it a big, that's it, no more, I'm done with this. And you've got to switch. It's just like you're going down this road and you know the mountain is out there, but the, cur the road is curving left. Okay. Do you just continue going straight to the mountain? The road's taking you the opposite direction, but you know the, the mountain is over there. You don't go through drive through buildings. You follow the road. So that's how your life is. Even though it doesn't seem like a direct path, there's a building in the way, but, but my destination is behind it. You know, you don't just stop and you just don't stop your car and go, oh, I can't go any further. The mountain has passed this building. You just don't stop. You didn't give up. What you say, Tony, that's silly. I have a car I can drive. Well, it's the same in your life. You want to hit that mountain and somebody put a building in front of you or a stop sign. You go, that's it. I'm done. It's you only fail when you decide to fail. No, most people, I'll say most 99.9% .9 of people on the road today will make that left turn and go down the opposite way to eventually come back towards their mountain. And that's really how life is. So learn from that because that's just, that is the purest simplicity, but these are words that could go over one's head until you can really get that to sink into the brain. I don't know if you can see this sign above my head, but it says either I will find a way or I will create a way, but I will not create an excuse. And that's exactly Absolutely. what you're talking about. And so Tony, I, uh, I would love to hear more, but we've got to cut this off here. And so I want to say, first of all, thank you for coming on money talkers with me. I really appreciate your insights and they were, uh, they were extremely well thought out answers to conver our conversation. So I want to say thank you for that. And, uh, second thing I want to say is, you know, um, if, more people want to find out more about what you're doing um, with the Tony Durso show and other things with your books and uh, where, who should come find you and where do they find you at? Well, if you like to, if you, if you work a job, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about doing something nights and weekends, if you do anything on earth that involves uh, making money or bringing in money to eat, which is just about everybody, you may like some of the podcasts because we talk about life. We talk about all facets and different parts of life from, from hiring people, from tech, from digital, from to photography, to, to, to God, to health, to, you know, the hacks to do this and the hacks to do that. If you go to TonyDurso.com slash podcast, you will see all my shows all the way back to the beginning just about six years ago now, at the time of this recording, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And you can go to your favorite podcast player, Roku, Apple, you can go to Stitcher, Spotify, and you'll get like the past one or two years worth of shows just about everywhere on any platform. And if you, if you go to TonyDurso.com, you can, you can find uh, a tad there on my books. 
so you could see what books I have. I've written different books under different publishers before. So all my books are not there, but now I'm now technologically and everything is different. All my books can now start going, all my new books can now start going there. So if I wrote a new book, it'll be there at tonydurso.com tab is books. I also do social media marketing. I, I, because I've run lead generation and I know how to do things, I, I can actually bring a lot of visitors to one's podcast. I can even grow your Instagram. You know, I know, I know marketing basics. So those are some of the things I do. And you can find that and a lot more at, at my website. And you can also reach out to me there. There's a message form and I get, and I get and see all messages. Tony, thank you so much for putting on Money Talkers with me. Uh, and then we're going to help the, the, the uh, high impact series now. But thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Cody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids' financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.